Welcome to At the Sidestep, a Walker and Walker Independence podcast. Take a seat, grab a drink, and let's dive in. I'm your host, Briar, and I'm also joined by my co-hosts, Kat and Shannon. Welcome to At the Sidestep. In today's episode, we're talking about season three, episode seven of Walker, Just Desserts, and season one, episode seven of Walker Independence, The Owl and the Arrow. The house specials are turkey and cranberry old-fashioned. And the synopsis for Walker is, Walker attempts to make this the most memorable Thanksgiving ever in the hopes of luring Stella to return home. But when the family's annual circle of thanks turns into a circle of grievance, tensions bubble over leaving things worse off than they began, with one member of the Walker family being rushed to the hospital. The episode was directed by Steve Robin and written by Anna Fricke and Brett Vandenboss and Brandon Willer. All right, so let's jump into it. I just want to start off by thanking the Walker writers, cast, and crew for making my Thanksgiving look smooth and effortless comparatively. <laughs> Same. But I mean, my Thanksgiving kind of is is as chaotic as theirs. Like, not trees coming in the window, but I, I really enjoyed that <laughs> See, they kind exactly. of they showed <laughs> that it's like, yeah, it's 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 a mess. <laughs> yeah, you may have had family squabbles, but did you have a tree break your window and the power go out? <laughs> no. Not. Um, okay, if you had all that, which so sorry if you did. Did a me- a member of your family collapse? No. God, I hope not. <laughs> then I we really seriously hope not that you had a much better Thanksgiving than the Walkers did. Mm-hmm. I loved this episode. I thought so much. It like because the show is my comfort show. It was so cozy just to see them kind of have dinner, even though it was very chaotic. Mm-hmm. And it was a very fun way to kind of end the mid season to yes. you know, for winter break and everything. And it got me excited about what's coming next because it ended on that cliffhanger. Yes. I, yeah, I'm like on tenterhooks since it ended. Uh, I'm with you. I don't know about you, but I feel a part of the Walker family. I feel honestly like we were, and I think they shot it. So we felt like we were a member of the family participating in this Thanksgiving with them. Yeah. Definitely. We never saw anything outside the house except for, you know, Stella and Colton. Mm -hmm. You never saw anything outside the family. You are the family. Yeah. Uh, You didn't see Kevin driving in. You didn't see Trey leaving. You (laughs) You just see Kevin show up soaking wet, which I loved. (laughs) I love that so much. I love Jake Abel. I love him. I hope Jake listens to this just so we can tell him how much we love him and we're so happy he's on Walker. (laughs) Sorry about the couches, but we love you. (laughs) I love how I feel like I'm a part of the family. And even though like I can disagree with what the family members do, it feels so real and so much like a family. Yeah. Everybody's got their own stuff going on. Everybody's got their own stuff. But nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. There's not a member that's perfect, except for Trey. Oh, Trey is perfect. Trey is absolutely perfect. He is sculpted um, by the by the gods. He is a perfect human being. The only thing I can say is that dress shirt was unnecessary in this episode. Just mm-hmm. going to say that. 
He could have worn the tank top and been perfectly dressed. <laughs> Just show up to Thanksgiving dinner in a tank top. <laughs> yes. Um, I was a little sad that he didn't have as much to do this episode because he like left and gave Kevin his seat. And I'm like, I wish he had been there for the dinner. <laughs> I'm like, I can, I, we can find a chair, dude. We can find, there's stools. Yeah. There are stools in that kitchen. We can scoochie. Once August um, called Maureen that horrible word, I mean, they could have just taken away his food and given it to Trey. There you go. <laughs> so you don't get to eat dinner. <laughs> yes. Although, honestly, like, even that, like, um, I was re-watching it recently for this podcast. Actually, yeah. not just for this podcast, because it aired recently. And I was just like, I don't know if I saw it the first time, but August is so hurt that Cordell is still only focusing on Stella. I, hmm. And I I'm just like, and I don't, and this doesn't excuse what he did. Yeah. But it was interesting how you see him, like him constantly poking at her was out mm -hmm. of anger. And it was like, why can't you focus on me? And then of course he wanted negative attention and he got it yeah i feel like it's been a long time coming that he's been spiraling like he started yeah. in season one and it's just gotten worse but i don't i don't know i feel like him and stella both need to be like locked in a room and just kind of talk it out because holy crap <laughs> um and august is like, I can usually kind of ignore these types of things like, oh, well, you know, they're a teenager. They're, you know, mm -hmm. they're going through a lot. Their brains are not fully formed. No offense <laughs> to teenagers. Um, but like, you know, you're at that age where you're kind of still figuring stuff out about yourself. And um, so I can tend to ignore a lot of what August has done. And even Stella, like some of the things Stella's done where people get really mad and I'm like, eh, you know, she's young. But this, mm -hmm. I just feel like he... He needs a stern talking to, and I'm yeah. glad that Cordell finally talked to him about it, um, even though it took him calling Molly in a bad word. I don't yeah. like that. I, like, audibly gasped, and I was watching it alone. I'm like, who am I gasping for? <laughs> Myself. Um, <laughs> I was just shocked. I, actually, that, actually, I think your gasping plays into the fact, to what I said earlier, you feel like you're part of this family. Yeah. I reacted as if somebody i an elder matriarch was attacked that way yeah but yeah i was just like oh man now i just thought and i don't agree with what august did i definitely don't agree with what august said yeah but i think everybody is such a mess mm -hmm. and it's really like the synopsis says everything got worse and it's really, and I kind of think that everything kind of sort of needed to get worse. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, because mm -hmm. it needed to come out that this is who August has become. Mm -hmm. So they can deal with it. Yeah, because Cordell's right. been kind of blind to it. Cause, and like, I understand his reasoning for thinking that Stella was the mastermind behind everything. Because she's had a lot of bad moments and like even in season one she got arrested and like she keeps doing things that are like what bad decisions bad decisions all around so <clears throat> i can understand why he immediately jumps to oh stella did this because this is kind of what she's always done but mm -hmm. like 
I do think that I wish he had believed her when she said it wasn't her, but like I can kind of, like I can see it from both sides. And I'm just glad that now that it's out in the open that it was August, now maybe Cordell will kind of ease up and and kind of take both of his kids um more under his wing to be like, "Hey, here, don't do this bad stuff. <laughs> I'll give you and, a nice lecture." <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Um, I think, and I think I, I think from the promos that we see, I think that's coming yeah um so i'm i'm hopeful um i'm sorry i got a uh, somebody wrote a post and it's really cool uh in one of the promos it shows basically cordell dumping off <clears throat> stella in august into nowhere and oh. somebody wrote um it looks like he's going this mm-hmm. is uh no this is your Let's get a long wilderness hike. <laughs> Either work together or become an only child. Good Maybe. luck and I love you. So that's that's like kind of what I said. I thought, is that you should just lock exactly. them in a room. Except just put them in the f- woods. <laughs> put them in the wilderness. And because, yeah, and I, I think that works. I think honestly that would work better than a room. Except because we did an yeah. escape room last season. Yeah, so, and like I know that Trey has put the kids in the like hid them in the locker rooms, like locked them in uh-huh. for whatever reason to kind of make them get get along better. So like I get it's it's obvious that that's not what they're gonna do because they've done it before. But I don't know. It just seems like dump them out in the wilderness. Have you ever seen that picture of those kids wearing the shirt that says like our get along shirt? Yes, yeah, <laughs> the two kids in, like, in no. one shirt. They should just do that. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but I think Jared's shirt would work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's a, he's got oh. a broad broad chest. <laughs> broad chest. It probably looked like a dress on Violet. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing, and I guess I'm coming at it from a like this hit me deeply. Like Abilene's story hit me deeply mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it reminded me personally of my mom's story. And my mom watched it with me the first time, and she couldn't watch it with me the second time because when Abilene collapsed. She just, she left the room and she was like, nope, Aww. nope. Mom. Because my mom's story is similar. <clears throat> Her mom passed away around Christmas. Mm. Not on Christmas Day, but around Christmas. And the aftermath of losing her mom, she had a fight with her brother and she lost her brother too, much mm. of the way that Abilene did. So it hit me hard. So I, it feels like I'm watching my mom's story. Mm-hmm. But it also feels like I'm a little bit like Cordell because I know Abilene wants to help, but she's not, as somebody said, it comes off like she's a little bit self-righteous and she doesn't realize she's helping in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I know it was meant for dramatic effect, but she should have when... Stella moved out said you should know that it was August that threw the party I mean so I, I can kind it of understand before but yeah. I understand that we needed it for dramatic effect yeah it's like you gotta have secrets you gotta have drama and angst but also it it makes more sense for her to be like you know August you should come clean because it's your mess you clean it up so because like if I were in that situation I wouldn't I don't know if I would tell Cordell if he were my son because I would want my grandson to like, you know, actually be accountable for his mistake. So I don't know. 
Like you, maybe I'm, yes, I'm but, searching yeah. out as a parent. I want help. If my kid is doing something wrong and I can't see it, and you do, please mm. let me know. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> I just think to the times, like, not a specific example, but there have been times in my life where I've had to tell my sister something that my nephew has done. And mm -hmm. it it doesn't get absorbed the way you'd expect. It kind of, it turns into a, an argument because it's like, how dare you kind of tell me how to raise my kid or like things like that. Not like that extent, but something similar to that could happen. And that's just, I know people, um, I'm not a parent, but I know that some parents are more um, sensitive to people kind of bringing up issues that their kids might be having because they feel like it's a failure on their part as the parent. And they don't want to be told like, hey, you're failing as a parent. And well, yeah. No, but she did. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> you have to be really careful how you approach it. And because co-parenting is kind of sort of a dance. Mm -hmm. It requires an art that I have not mastered. I guarantee you. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody has. I really like what Jared said in the podcast once. It's like, you're never going to be perfect. You are never going to not mess up your kids because even if you were perfect, then they think you have, they have to live up to your example. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, thank you. I need it. <laughs> but to come at it less as uh, you are messing up as, Hey, you should just know this is what happened today. I'll let you handle it. But if I was a parent, I'd want, I, if it was my child, I'd want to know. Yeah. And I get that. I think like he, she could have found a way to tell him or honestly, Stella should have just texted her dad and said, obviously the party because she honestly never told her dad that she, that August is the one who threw it. Mm -hmm. She said, ask August. She didn't say it was August who threw the party. Mm -hmm. In fact, Maureen didn't even know until later. But I mean, from a writing standpoint, if she had been like August is the one who threw the party, I feel like a lot of fans of the show would have turned on Stella and been like, "Oh, she's a tattletale." Because like people can get very um, upset and frustrated over certain things that characters do, and that's where my mind went was like, "Oh, the people who are very likely to disagree with a lot of Stella's decisions are probably going to latch onto that if she does that." But um, not that like I love the I love the Walker family obviously, but there are some people who who are very like nitpicky about how things are said and and I just I can imagine people the the uproar of people being like she's a tattletale she should have let August like there's no right way to do it honestly it's you know either way you're either telling on your brother and you know people will think that's sneaky or whatever or you're just you know keeping it inside and letting him deal with it and then that's the wrong decision too. Well, okay. My thing is, <laughs> maybe I'm looking too much into you. this. <laughs> I, no, I understand. The Walker family is very passionate, and we love you all. Um, but we're passionate, but yeah. we're sweet passionate about it. Like we get mad at the characters. Yeah. We don't get mad at the actors. We don't get mad at each other. Of course. As much. Yes. So I hope not. I get, at least. Oh, I get mad at everybody, <laughs> but only a certain time of the month, and you get me. <laughs> it's just like everybody. No. <laughs> I think, I, or I see your point of she shouldn't have told on August. You don't get to, I don't think that she didn't tell her father because she didn't want to be a tattletale. I think she didn't tell her father because like she was just kind of still mad at her brother and she didn't 
word it correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the thing is, and if she would have approached it as not being a tattletale, then why would she have gotten mad for her father not knowing? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's my biggest thing is I feel like her, my biggest struggle with Stella right now isn't that she's lashing out and stuff like that. It's that the writers are making her look like she's the adult making the reasonable choice when she's honestly not necessarily. Like her father almost died and she he comes home to his daughter gone. Mm. And she left without saying goodbye. Yeah. And I, she came to Thanksgiving to basically kind of sort of ruin Thanksgiving. Thanks, Colton. <laughs> I think she is behaving very impulsively. Yeah, um, which is in, very Stella, by the way. Yeah, in her desire to be more adult, she is making mm-hmm. decisions very quickly that, like, seem like you said, they seem like they're adult, but like not necessarily. If you make them that quickly, like you decide to move out after. Like, what a day one bad thing happens and you're like i'm gonna move out goodbye <laughs> exactly but yeah. honestly it uh, it makes great television for you know the characters to kind of bumble around <laughs> the angst yeah no i agree and one thing is like i can get mad at stella going stella you're throwing that you threw a tantrum this is not how adults behave mm-hmm. and then at the same time come on haven't you known some adults that throw tantrums oh absolutely like I have so many like I don't know if you have this in your family maybe not but you try to tell somebody hey that's not how you fold that article of clothing and they just go well I'm never folding it back <laughs> that's a very very abrupt reaction it is yeah and but yeah people do that because like you know tensions always run high yeah but I think that I would like to see you from Stella is realizing that she is not the one in the right necessarily mm-hmm. all the time yeah and one thing that she said in the in a previous episode is i feel like nobody's on my side and my question to her would be well whose side are you on mm. because a lot of te- the problem with teenagers is it's a very me 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 Mm-hmm. thing and the thing that changes you is you get to the point where like okay how is this going to affect everybody around me i have a feeling that um abilene going to the hospital is gonna bring a lot of people together again and uh kind of work as like maybe a temporary fix like a little band-aid on all of their problems just because they'll like have to focus on her mm-hmm. um and like maybe even her brother will show up. I don't remember if it was mentioned in any of the descriptions for the upcoming episodes, but like I feel like her brother might show up after hearing the voicemail and then finding out, oh my God, she's in the hospital. And then maybe they'll kind of bury the hatchet too, maybe potentially. I and mean, then... it is probably uncle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she is, an, and he is an uncle. Yeah. I just, I like to think about who could play that role. And my mind keeps going to Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And I'm like, no, stop it, brain. (laughs) What's funny is your mind keeps on going to Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Mine keeps on going to Jim Beaver. Jim Beaver? Yes, the guy who played Bobby. Yeah, that would be cool too, actually. Honestly, I just love how Walker's like collecting supernatural alumni. Like every season, there's like a new person who pops up. And I'm like, oh, hey. (laughs) Hey. 
But yeah, so I really like this episode because it is so dramatic and you're kind of sort of mad. Like you can see where every single one of the people did something wrong. Like I love my baby Cordell. I love Mm -hmm. him. And Mm -hmm. honestly, if you asked whose side it was on, it would be his firmly. (laughs) Yeah. But I can see the whole point of he does have blinders. But honestly, I also see the point of kind of, sort of, when you're feeling like you're overwhelmed, you kind of sort of have to focus on one Mm. opponent at a time. And just unfortunately, Stella is the squeakiest wheel. Yeah. Speaking of Cordell, I love Cordell. Like you said, I also love him. But (laughs) the fact that he can't pronounce meringue, he said Maringu. I was like, Cordell, come on now. You're you're a middle-aged man. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> and you've made you have made thanksgiving dinners for 20 years <laughs> you know how to spell meringue even if you don't make it you know how to say it people have probably yes. said it in your presence you silly boy Moringa. so silly also the other walker brother liam and ben yeah oh, okay can we just talk about how adorable they are they're so cute they're so cute i like Every time that Ben is going to be in an episode, I get really excited because I just love their interactions and they have really good chemistry. I love it that this, okay, this whole episode was so stressful. Like, as stressful as a holiday dinner. Mm-hmm. But then you had the moment between Liam and Ben and the tuber puns, and it was just oh, yeah. this nice, sweet. And he was like, I just wanted to connect with my sister because we hadn't connected in so long. Mm-hmm. And it was just so sweet. And so wonderful. And it was so cute. And the kiss was so cute and yet hot at the same time. <laughs> it was a very good kiss. <laughs> it was a very good kiss. It was like one of those kisses where it's just like, oh, 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 <laughs> which I love it. It's um, very gifable. Very. And then Kevin and Cassie. Yes. Uh, I love them together. I was that on I the fence. Suspicious. Yeah. I would be suspicious about somebody who can date. I am kind of like Cassie kind of sort of slipped and now her and Cordell are in hot water. Yeah. First of all, I was on the, I was on the fence about Kevin and Cassie at first, but like they just, they work really well together and I'm actually kind of hoping that they stay together and that Kevin isn't a bad guy, but who knows? There's a, I'm still convinced he is a bad guy and I'll be pleasantly surprised if he's not, but The gray flag stuff when when cassie mentioned it you could like feel the tension you like a pin could drop and you'd, you'd hear it it's like i was just like cassie i love you but why why <laughs> why would you say that <laughs> also that's me keeping secrets yeah fair no kidding <laughs> i can keep other people's secrets okay but my own mm-mm. but i want to go back to kevin being a bad guy if you don't yeah. mind one thing i find hilarious is that every single love interest to the mains that wasn't introduced as a love interest like we never suspected trey really yeah a little bit but i think some people did but if they did they're very very wrong he's perfect uh (laughs) but maybe at the very beginning before we knew anything i mean i always um, knew he was perfect we always knew he's perfect (laughs) he comes anyway um jerry became kind of sort of a love interest to cordell and the suspicion around her is still strong yeah some people were expecting that brett was the one who was watching the walkers at the yeah. end of season one mm-hmm. and then some people were like oh ben is the reason that liam's gonna get kidnapped <laughs> or, 
when it's it just... was exactly when it was actually the exact opposite. Ben is the one, the only one, by the way, who who's like, "Hey, Liam's missing." Yeah. Um, so I just think it's funny how we suspect any love interest, and Kevin is last in the long line. I think that because the fandom is so vocal and very good at seeking out the answers and sleuthing like detectives they tend to be wary of any new character or any Mm -hmm. new change to a character like how jerry kind of became a love interest later on and it 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 kind of um skews their vision a little bit where they um automatically assume and i mean i'm guilty of this too i i always think like oh that person's new they must be the bad guy and (laughs) sometimes i'm right (laughs) i just think it's funny um but i definitely think that that kevin is a bad guy not that we're not wrong right sometimes although like who are we ever right that the new person was the bad guy except Um, for trump well when they brought in the davidsons i did not trust gail one bit but when they brought in the davidsons they brought him in as the bad guys for the season yeah but i i still (laughs) i was still kind of okay with the others it was just gail that i was like there's something about her that she's not trustworthy uh, and, and I never Dan trusted on me fast. He oh. did. He was so good. And I miss him on the show. <laughs> it's not my like, and I'm going to blame me loving Dan Miller strictly on Dave. Yeah. Dave is just a, like, as soon as he tried to go through that window of that car, mm-hmm. I was in love with Dan Miller. Yep. All you got to do is get drunk. Wrong, <laughs> I was in love with him. <laughs> yeah. I never, tr- I never trusted Stan from the beginning, but he, me like, neither. he was introduced when everyone else was introduced but still there was something about him where i'm like he's a side character so there's something suspicious about him yeah from before the pilot i was like oh there's something sus about stan yeah yeah i uh my suspicion i guess i haven't voiced it on this podcast i don't think i think cooper's part of great flag and mm-hmm. i think we're gonna find out that cooper's alive that's yeah. just my speculation mm-hmm. but i've had that speculation since like I think episode one or two, I forget. I have to go check my Twitter. But yeah. it was like, we're all like, oh, Cooper's dead. It's like, well, what if he's not? But Cordell yeah. thinks he is. I wasn't on the Cooper's Alive train until recently. Um, and I I just like, I, it would make sense for him to have like faked his own death and then gone underground. Maybe he want, he was like ashamed of his actions and didn't want his family to know that he had joined the gray flag so he's like they'll just think i'm dead that's more honorable i guess i don't know i don't know his motivations but i do think he faked his own death so i agree with you there some somebody told me and it was it was on tumblr so i'm gonna have to confess to it being on tumblr mm-hmm. they think their wild card theory is that kevin is actually cooper's son <gasps> oh that's interesting <laughs> i don't know if it's true but if it is that the possible angst there it's just kind of delicious, honestly. That's a theory. Okay. It's a it's a, specu- it's a wild card speculation. We have yeah. nothing. And odds are they brought on Jake to be Cassie's love interest because she didn't have one. And they really are trying to steer away from the will they, won't they, like trope between two partners. Mm. And mm. what's the best way to do that? Give a solid love interest to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought... Ooh, him being Cooper's son. There's so many ways I could go with that. Yeah, but this one is going to end in five minutes, so might as well just do it now. For season one, episode seven of Walker Independence, uh, The Owl and the Arrow, the synopsis is, 
Abby navigates the unforgiving frontier justice system and her complicated feelings for Tom Davidson as she throws herself into defending a case with life or death consequences. Callian confronts painful memories to free himself of guilt. Gus weighs a friendship against his badge. Hoyt and Lucia must come to terms with an immeasurable loss, and Katie is faced with a choice after uncovering corruption in an unexpected place. The episode was written by Ryan Harris and directed by Sierra Shooter Glaude. All right, so what did you think of the episode? I loved it. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, that's a cheap way to say, but oh my gosh. I'm just going to reiterate yet again, going from the intense family drama of Walker to the just intense drama of Walker Independence, two amazing shows back to back, kind of leaves you the next day going, that was a little bit too much. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. You can't put this in the beginning of a week, guys. I, I need, my productivity is lessened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like every week the episodes um, are just so good that it's like, what did you think of the episode? I loved it. That's the answer every it. week. That's always going to be the answer. They're but like, so good. Yeah, it's just, they're both such good shows. And uh, Walker Independence really surprised me because I've never been a huge fan of like Westerns or anything. But this show, it captivates you and I cannot mm-hmm. let go. <laughs> it's so um. good. Callian has become one of my favorite characters in any show. Ever. Yes. And to see him going through this trial process and to see how hurt he is by how the town has kind of turned against him when he has been so willing to help them in the past, like that monologue he had when he was crying. Justin did so great. He was a powerhouse this episode, and I just wanted to hug him, (laughs) give him a big old hug. He and his performance really were the cornerstone of this amazing app yeah everybody else did awesome as well like there is not one member of this cast i'm like ah, i could do without mm-hmm. they are all amazing yeah um and That's so the problem like, of trying to f- pick like a favorite character when they're all so good you're like damn it i don't know i like everyone and this episode Callian really shown though yeah. and i think that was intentional but the whole thing of the outsider that so wants to be one of you being hit with how much you literally like that you hate him and you will condemn him and you will turn on him on a dime. Yeah. Was just, oh. Yeah. It also conversely made me love Abby more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I already loved Abby, but yeah, like she yeah, was the only just, one who was willing to stand up for Callian, which really made me happy. I wish more no people had. <laughs> no questions asked. Yeah. She knew he couldn't have done it intentionally. Absolutely. She absolutely believed in him and she was willing to stake her reputation and her livelihood yeah. on it. Yeah, because Tom even mentioned that she was becoming like respected by the town and warned her against doing it she's like nope still gonna do it sorry (laughs) like without hesitation but was like almost like an iron will i will do this and even if and she in a way she failed and it killed her that she failed but it was never about her Mm -hmm. it was always about callian so the fact that callian made it out okay is fine for her yeah i think Yes, she did fail, but I think she put herself in this situation where there was no good outcome 
because it's the 1800s and he's an indigenous man and there are a bunch of white folks for the most part and um as an indigenous person myself i i understand like the history behind that where mm -hmm. you know he he's never gonna be one of them no matter what he does no matter how hard he tries and i think that's part of the reason why he left at the end of the episode it made sense because like why would he want to stick around when he's just being taken advantage of because he's so good at tracking but when he needs them they just turn a blind eye and they're like okay with him being hanged which is ridiculous but that's kind of how things were back then um obviously it's not as accurate as like real history because it's a tv show that's dramatized but it's like it's it, it, it hurt TV my soul <laughs> yeah it's also a tv show on network so they didn't do as bad as the west actually was yeah um i will say that one of the things that really just like made me go okay why would you assume that the immediate thing is the reason he doesn't remember is he was in a fugue state couldn't you mm -hmm. like check his head and make sure he wasn't knocked out when I think of, I can't remember what happened, I don't necessarily jump to, uh, like, you know, fugue state killing. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's me. <laughs> like, because as soon as it happened, like, in the episode, in the previous episode, I was like, oh, somebody must have hit him on the head. Mm. I wonder why they didn't immediately look in the wound to find the bullet because they could have saved themselves so much time <laughs> right and gus only did it like right at the end when it you know down to the wire he's about to be hanged and he's like oh my god i found the bullet you could have done this a couple hours ago my dude yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah why didn't you inspect like why he died yeah i understand that obviously things have evolved since then and we have like autopsies and certain medical procedures but I feel like autopsies kind of sort of may have existed in some context back then. Mm -hmm. Just maybe not the same, obviously, but they should have at least known to take the arrow out and, and just kind of, you know, poke around in there. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that hard. Uh, I could do it. <laughs> and you heard and they, and they heard a gunshot like there was a gunshot yeah. before the gunshot. Yeah, so nobody ever like, questioned no. it. It was never explained. It was just a gunshot. And then, oh, he's been shot with an arrow. Like, was the arrow shot by a gun? Uh, yeah. It was like, <laughs> is uh, Kellyan that good that he can put a bullet on his arrow and still, like, it goes together? <laughs> he just, like, super glued it to the tip of the arrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Um, But I understand they needed the drama. But the same uh, this, at the first guess, I was like, why did your mind immediately go to he killed him in like a stupor? I'm like, yeah. Now I can see for Augustus, I can see why because a previous time he did re have see Callian in a stupor, and when he was trying to get Callian out, Callian attacked him. So mm -hmm. I get Augustus's point. I don't get everybody else's point. <laughs> yeah. But even Gus ended up like standing for him and and searching further into the body to and, figure out what happened. So, and lying on the sand for him. Yeah, go Gus. I feel like they dated at some point. They must have dated. <laughs> Their exes. I don't, think they, I don't think they dated, but they might have had the foxhole thing. I no, I just I ship it. I ship it so hard. I ship it so hard. <laughs> when they hug, it's like, hey, what? They're star-crossed lovers. Callie's leaving. No. Oh, and the. I should go with you. And I'm mm. like, yes, yes, no. <laughs> Can't do that. <laughs> but I'm at the same time, I shipped Kelly in with Abby too. Yeah. Like, did you see how he? they looked at each other when the brick came through the wall? Yeah. They There's have a, a very special bond. Just like, 
I love it. Ooh, Honestly, okay. I just I love everyone. They're all great. But I also liked the little nod um, to Hoyt in Walker with the carving in the fence that Hoyt yes, did. For... I love that Easter egg. Yes. Love that. Um, and I liked that Hoyt. Like I remember watching it, and immediately when Hoyt stood up and like left, I thought, "Oh my God, is he actually leaving?" But then you know, further along, you see, "Oh no, he's confronting the brother." It it just it shows his loyalty to Callian, even though he's known the other family, the Reyes, is um, a lot longer. That like he considered Lucia's father to be like a father figure to himself. So the fact that he's willing to turn against them for the truth in honor of Callian, obviously, it means a lot. Yeah, and the fact that he knew that Lu- uh, Luis was lying. I think that was really what got him. It's like, yeah, Luis is because he Luis has a tell, and I was like, that's a rather obvious tell. Do not play poker. <laughs> Hoyt would have probably been one of the only ones who noticed it because simply right. because he's known for playing poker. You see him, you know, in the saloon all the time. Yeah, and he knows Luis, and he knows Luis's tells. Yeah, so it's not something yeah. that his sister would have noticed because I I doubt they play poker a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and Lucia and her mom. Oh, we're yeah. also just gut-wrenching this episode. Yeah. I, I hated how the episode begins with Lucia's mom saying, you know, Callian's great. Your father loves him. And then, like, two minutes later, his dead body shows up and she's screaming and crying. And then everyone's saying it's Callian who did it. I'm like, no, can we go back to loving Callian, please? Oh, no. It broke my heart. Killed, <laughs> the part that killed me, actually, was Lucia saying, I wanted Callian around here. And I was like, oh, no, no, Lucia, go back, <laughs> go back. Yeah. He's a good guy. So it should be mentioned, as you may have noticed, that Briar is not here at the moment, but she will return, obviously. <laughs> um, but I did want to give a special shout out to our, our boy, Tom Davidson, just for mm-hmm. her. He, yeah. this episode was actually really good in terms of character growth for him. Oh um, my gosh. Even if he spent the entire time bleeding and coughing up a lung. dying (laughs) yeah he he really showed that deep 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 down he is a good person because he was willing to cut the noose before the hanging even started before the people came out and said stop he he cut it so he he wasn't going to let callian die i love that i also loved how it showed that he knows the score he knew exactly what was at stake Mm mm-hmm he knows how the people are out here. He knows that, you know, nobody was going to give him a fair trial, that he could possibly get the hearing. How he can, he, even how he convinced the judge to come was to say, hey, there's an Indian tribe nearby. And if we don't at least seem like we're trying to do justice, we might have uh, blood on our hands. Mm-hmm. I love how he knows the score and he he still like supported Abby's wishes and he agreed and he agreed with Abby and mm-hmm. all the same time he's like bleeding out and dying. <laughs> okay. I have to like, I have to wonder it like wh- who was it who stabbed him because it's someone he's clearly afraid of or afraid of talking about because he hasn't told anybody. He, he just got up and walked away and like fixed it himself kind of haphazardly like a Winchester would and then yes. you is know is that another easter egg <laughs> maybe <laughs> fixing your own <laughs> we wounds totally missed that easter egg and that's actually an easter egg 
Uh, it is in my mind. Just um, put some out. Al- no, he literally just put some alcohol on it. Yeah. And, and like, wrapped so it up. He, he, yeah. He did it like a Winchester would. Yeah. And it's like, what, what is he so afraid of that he wouldn't even tell Gus of all people? I feel like he trusted Gus. And even if he didn't trust Gus, Gus is also a deputy. So he could have helped inquire about who it was or unless he fully knows who it was who stabbed him. Um, so at the end of the episode, you also have to wonder, is Abby going to actually help him? Because like she might be kind of growing to like him a little bit, at least a little bit more than she used to. It kind of lingered on her face and she looked confused. Do I want to help him? Do I help him? And then it just ended. And I'm like, well, he's leading out on the floor. Can you do something? See, I think he's not so much scared of the person as he doesn't want to appear weak. I guess. But why would he could have just said, I've been stabbed. Please bring me to an apothecary or something. Apothecary. <laughs> and then, and he could have said it was a vagrant who just ran through the town who robbed him. Or, you know, he could have said anything. But he didn't say anything. Not a single thing. So, and I think that goes with he didn't want to appear weak to, in front of everybody. It's not weak like, to be stabbed. <laughs> it's just, it happens. It happens. You know, uh, I'm going to have to ask what your life is like, Jen. Stabbing <laughs> happens. It, it happens just another sunday night <laughs> um but i think i really honestly that's the air i got is mm. he knows that there's nobody in the town that he can trust he knows kate is not on his side mm. he mm. knows that uh, gus um gus is suspicious of him callian i think i think the reason he say callian is because he saw this nobility within callian and as justin put it death is not the end it's just the passing between two worlds mm. and that's why he saved Callian is because of that comfort in the moment where Tom feels like he's going to die. And the only person, sadly, that Tom feels like he can be weak in front of is Abby. Yeah. He and controlled he her. Yeah. I mean, he did in a very roundabout way by literally collapsing on the floor, but he could have told her earlier. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Tom. No. Okay. Here's the thing. A lot of people ship Tom and Abby. And Rightfully with what so. we're with, exactly, but here's the problem mm-hmm. we're technically shipping a woman with a person who's who thinks murdered her husband, yeah. And I don't know, it's just I get the kind of the feeling that the writers are trying to make him sympathetic, and the writers are doing a great job of making him sympathetic. And I personally never thought that he was the one who killed Liam, but at the same time. If we really wanted to show the story through Abby's eyes, the bravery she shows of constantly putting herself in front of this creepy guy who she thinks had murdered her husband who has an interest in her. I think they could have done it a different way. So it kind of like, I ship it, but then I feel bad for shipping it. Because even though he's technically a good, like he's a guy you can feel with, I think it's wrong that they wrote him that we could feel with him. Does that make sense? It makes sense. But as a counterpoint, it's okay to ship them because they have good chemistry and Tom is hot. (laughs) (laughs) Shipping people. And and I can't, I can't, I can't not ship them because there's chemistry. He's hot and he's so written. He's honestly probably one of the, really better written characters 
mm-hmm. have seen more about his past, his motivations than a lot of the other characters. Mm-hmm. He's becoming close to one of my favorites as well. Like I, when the show started, I wasn't sure how to feel about him. I thought he was just kind of evil, but I did like the nuances of his performance and his character, but more and more i'm i'm turning to that other side of thinking that he didn't actually kill liam maybe and he might just be you know in the wrong place at the wrong time see and there's also i don't know because we know he's a member of a family who is not above poisoning and threatening people to get their way yeah but we all have the bad black sheep in our family i mean everyone has those crazy family members (laughs) try to poison (laughs) people i don't know you know um who hasn't yeah i just think you can't judge him based on his family because it's everyone almost everyone has a family member that maybe they don't associate with because they're not great i know i do but i wouldn't want to be judged based on him so i don't know the feeling that the whole family's like that though i really get the feeling that the davidsons as a clan are kind of power hungry maybe i just want tom to turn out to be good I think that would be great. Like, honestly, and you heard me say it since the beginning. I don't think Tom did it. I'm worried. Mm -hmm. I, at the first, I was like, no, Tom didn't do it. And I still don't think he did it. But it kind of concerns me that the writers are pushing so hard for us to empathize with Tom here. Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes me scared for where it's going to go in the future. Because if I was a writer... And I was going to sweep the rug out from under my audience's feet. I would get you to love a character and show you how evil he is. I can still love him if he's evil. He's hot. (laughs) It's okay to like evil characters. It's okay, guys. It's okay. (laughs) What's worse is that Greg is an absolute sweetheart. Mm -hmm. And he's Canadian. So that makes him automatically like one point for him. Kind of like me with Hoyt, uh, Matt Barr's Texan, so automatically I have to love him. Yeah, Like, it's exactly. just there. Um, I actually do love Hoyt so much. Yeah, he's pretty great. They're all great. <laughs> They're all great. <laughs> you, um, Kai, oh my gosh. We're going to find more about Kai's backstory, and I'm just so excited. Yeah, I'm sad we I didn't sh- get as much Kai in this episode, though. Who I think uh, Stad Tom is the um, Amos Acorn. The guy who he threatened. That's who I think stabbed him. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that was my, that, if I was going to guess, that would be my guess. I, I feel like this, this idea of Tom turning out to be not so bad and blah, 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 and all these actions he's done, I feel like it could be motivated just by his own self-interest. If I had to play devil's advocate, obviously I want him to be good. But if I had to play mm-hmm. devil's advocate and say maybe he is just pure evil, he rescued Kai from that guy. And now he rescued Callan, sort of. And it's like, okay, is he doing this for his own motivations? Is it like he's going to hold them in his back pocket for later? You owe me because I saved your life. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's going to come up later. I mean, Callan's gone now, but I hope he comes back. But I don't know. Oh, he will. He has to. He has to. He has to. He's my favorite. <laughs> but. It's hard to understand his motivations because he he's such a complicated human being. Or is he oh, evil? Is he doing this because he just wants to use them later on? I don't think one is. I, I truly think that there's no evil character. 
Like that's something that Kat said. Mm-hmm. There's no purely evil characters, no purely good character. Except for the Davidson uh, Aunt Teresa. Yeah, she's pretty evil. She's pretty evil. <laughs> she sucks. Uh, <laughs> she's 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 close. Um, but I don't think Tom is purely evil. And I do think Tom, honestly, almost in a pure way of wanting to be better enough to deserve her, uh, loves Abby. Yeah. I think she had him from the word portmanteau. <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> like, because I was rewatching the pilot because, again, it reran last Thursday. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she said, that's a portmanteau, he looks up and he looks at her so much different then. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yep. So they like each other. I don't think she likes him yet, but I think she's, he's growing on her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, not like a fungus, but <laughs> but yeah. like she started, she saw him grieve, and that kind of showed that he does have a chink in his armor. Mm-hmm. And I think like this last with him on the floor bleeding out. Yeah, I don't think the cliffhanger was is Tom gonna make it? I think it was trying to say is Abby going to save Tom? Yeah, and definitely. Of course he is. Of course. We know this. Uh, we know. We have the spoilers to know that that is actually what happens. <laughs> but it's interesting to see. I'm really, really curious to see what happens. Yeah. And I'm really curious. Okay. Here's two people that I'm voting for, that I'm rooting for. Kate and Kai. Mm-hmm. I want to see where that goes. I want to see how she reacts to him be to finding out his story. I can understand. I I don't know. I see them as friends, just friends. Yeah, but no, no, I I can too. But mm-hmm. you find out your friend murdered people, and they're wanted by dangerous criminals. That's going to you know have an effect on you. Yeah, maybe they'll get closer because of it, and she'll help him or whatever. I I'm just really curious how that goes. Yeah, like I mean, I'm th- curious. Basically, the same thing happened with Kate and Abby, where Abby figured out what Kate was doing uh, as a Pinkerton agent, and then they they grew closer because of it. So uh, I don't know. And then Kate's story, the whole Razorblade thing, that was just hot. Sorry, Kate's just hot. Yeah, absolutely, the hottest person on that set. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, so hot when um, she there's, shaved, there's so much when hotness. she shaved. Ethan's mustache. I was so sad because I call him Mr. Mustache and now he doesn't have one. I don't know what to call him anymore. Mr. Former Mustache. Mr. Baby Face. <laughs> the, the Easter egg from Walker. <laughs> Garrison. <laughs> Mr. Ethan Garrison. Sorry. Mm. Um, no, but I thought that was really cool. I like that. You know, like, you know, Mr. Pinkerton doesn't like want to get loose things or something like that. And she's like, Good thing I'm not a thing. And I was like, oh, I love you, Kate. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. One thing, one part I really loved is, and I loved how Greg played it so well, is she pulls Tom to a stop and you could tell it hurts him. And I was just like, oh, this is such a good show. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Um and like I like the fact that Walker and Walker Independence are number one and two in terms of overall ratings so far this season on the CW. Makes me feel like a proud yeah. parent. Yes. Yeah. And I hope, I really hope that they stay that way. Like mm-hmm. I love Superman and Lois. Don't get me wrong. 
And I'm not saying I want any other show to fail, mm -hmm. but I really love these two shows. Yeah. It's I read it's, obviously I, I also don't I'm not rooting for anything to fail, but it's it's nice to see number one and number two being in the same kind of cinematic universe together and like yes. the the walkerverse. Like it just I don't know. I'm just proud of everyone who has been working on it so hard. Me too. I'm so proud. They've created something so beautiful. And I just love everyone. All the crew, the cast, everyone. They're all great. Me too. Like all of the Walkerverse, all of the people. I just love them. And they bring it every Thursday. Yeah. Like, and this Thursday, they're going to bring it again. It's going to be so awesome. Excited. Yeah. What is your speculation going forward? What do you think is going to happen? Um, I have a terrible memory sometimes, so I don't remember what the descriptions for the next couple of episodes are. <laughs> um, but I do think that Abby is going to save Tom because she is a morally upstanding citizen and she won't, she wouldn't want him to die. Also because she probably still wants answers from him. And if he's dead, he cannot answer. Mm -hmm. so, I agree that's with you. What I think. Um, I think Kate and Abby are going to continue to be the best in every scene and I hope they hug. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what else. I ship them too, by the way. It's just yeah. Like Every, everyone with eyes who, does. <laughs> if you wanted to say who do you want to end up together, I want Kate to embrace. Like um, Katie talks about it. Like some women would dress up as men, and a man and a, a two women would marry each other or pretend to be husband and wife, and because women couldn't own property. And one of them would be a man. I was just like, oh, could you imagine that ending? And that, that's where the that would be pretty started. great. Yeah. Oh, that would be so great. <laughs> Absolutely agree. I, I'm just excited. I think Hallian's going to come back because he needs allies because something is going on. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to learn more about Kai and I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to learn more about Tom. And I think Tom and Abby are actually going to get closer together, but I don't know if they're going to get together, but I do think they're going, because there's that whole dust storm thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm just really excited for these next few episodes. And I really hope we get more seasons of both because they're so good. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for that renewal announcement. Not for both of them. I also just thought of something. I really quick, I, I hope that we find out what happened to Callian's sister and I uh -huh. hope she's still alive somehow. Like maybe, maybe we hope. see, cause they, she was kidnapped when she was young and he was young. So she could be an adult by now. Maybe they introduce her as a character and like, we don't know that she's Callian's sister and then it's revealed that she is. I think that would be really cool. I just, I don't want her to be dead. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I, I agree with you. I'm just really looking forward to these next two episodes. Me too. And I think I'm we so can wrap there. Back. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad it's coming back. This hiatus has been so long. <laughs> so long. It's been eight weeks. It's been two months. Oh no. It's too much. Too much. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, at the sidestep. And we'll see y'all next week.